Welcome to Seed Time Living. I'm your host, Bob Lodick. Hope you are having a wonderful day today. And recently, Linda and I got to sit down with Talit and Ty McNeely from His and Her Money. We got to be on their podcast and share our story. And it was really fun. And I think some good stuff came out. And specifically, I pulled part of that out uh, where we talk about basically two of our biggest financial tests that God has led us to and what it was like and what we learned and some of the lessons for people who might be facing similar tests and similar challenges. And so that's what we share in this kind of snippet of the original interview that we did with them. So anyway, I hope you really enjoy it. We had a great time recording and a great time hanging with them. So without any further ado, I'll drop you into the interview. Hey, Bob. Hey, Linda. Welcome to the His and Her Money Show. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, I know part of your story was the power of giving. You kind of hit a low point and, you know, you were asking God for some guidance and he gave it to you. Can you kind of talk about how you got to that low point, what God told you and how you walked it out? I'm trying to remember the timing of all this, but the gist of it for me was I feel like God just began to unlock this idea of seed time and harvest, you know, which is why part of why we named the site that. We can plant things in the ground, you know, in the natural, but we can also do this in the spiritual and we can also do this financially. And, you know, he's, the Bible says that there will always be seed time and harvest. And so I felt like he began to unlock for me this idea that we can give and it's not money that's gone from us. It's like it might not be in our bank account at this moment, but that we can give what we have. And I think Ecclesiastes says, you cast your bread on the waters, it'll return to you after many days. And we have just seen that. It's just been the more we've given, the more we've stretched our faith in giving, and like just the more we've seen God just provide for us. And some of it's financial, but some of it's other things too, you know. There was one day, I was probably 31 years old. I'm 37 now, so six or seven years ago where I was praying to God about how do we move to the next level? Like we had some financial goals we were trying to reach, and I felt the Lord speak to me that if you want to really see what I can do, I want you to start giving your age as a percentage of your income. And I'm like, does that work? Can we even do that? And like, I'm starting to like run numbers in my head. Like, can I even pull that off? And and anyway, and so we decided to try it. And that first year, it was 31% of our income, and it worked out well and not surprisingly, that happened to be the same year that we paid off our mortgage, you know, and it's like, that just doesn't make sense that you would give so much more of your income away and then you pay off your mortgage, you know, but that's just the way of the kingdom. That's the way God works. And and so we just have continued it from then. And now we're continuing to do that. We're at 37% of our income. We hope to be able to do this the rest of our lives and get to that 90-10 point and just, I don't know, continue to see what God has for us. Mm-hmm. Now, when Bob came home and said that God told him this, Linda, (laughs) (laughs) what was your initial response? Okay, so it's funny because people ask this question a lot, how we dealt with this, how Bob's hearing something, you know, feeling like he's getting something from God. And am I just, you know, flipping out over it? The answer is no, I was not flipped out over it. I was very, I got really excited about it. And I think this is why. We have made a point to not live, like our standard of living is below what we're we're making, right? It wasn't like we were like, okay, it's either groceries or give. We were never put in that position. So it was honestly on both of our hearts to be able to give a lot of money, but we just didn't know where to take that. So when he came home 
and said this, it was kind of like, okay, great. Now we actually have a plan and we have, you know, something that we can start doing now. And if God changes the plan, then he changes the plan, you know? Yeah. Because like she was saying, we had kind of like capped our standard of living to basically like we have enough money coming in to take care of all of our needs, anything over and above. It's like, we just don't really need it. And so by capping our standard of living and not just we made twice as much this year, so we're going to spend twice as much and we're going to buy an $80,000 car that we don't really need. It It gave us more headroom to make it possible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if our standard of living would have rose to what our actual earnings were for that year, A, we would have been in trouble the next year, you know, came around where we didn't earn as much. But B, uh, we wouldn't have had that headroom to be able to do that. Now, I'm sure that some may be also thinking that while you guys were giving were you also saving for your future at the same time, i.e. investing or 401ks or IRAs or something like that? Yeah. Um, we've never... St- <laughs> Take it away, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> we've, never, uh, we've never stopped, you know, saving for the future and uh, retirement savings or anything like that. We haven't been to the point where it's cut into that, where it's been an either or thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I feel like it's something that the Lord laid on our hearts. And so... We're going to do it regardless. And, you know, we're going to trust that that's what he has for us. And, and if he says that's not what I have for you now, then we'll change. But this previous year, you know, like I was telling you guys before, we had taken 2017 as a sabbatical year. So the income dramatically changed, you know, not working for an entire year. And yet we continued to do that in faith. And we saw God do some really miraculous things throughout. Let me stop you right there because I think that's a huge, huge. We're not going to just gloss over that, and Bob. Some people, okay. But it's a sabbatical. We know what it is. But walk our audience through that. You guys took an entire year off, no work. How did that look? How did you even come to that decision? Yeah, and and just the ins and outs to it. And what was the rewards after the year? Yeah. So every yeah. year for the last six or seven years, I have taken a month off work, just as a month long sabbatical. And it's just been one of the most amazing things for my head, for my spiritual life. We take a month to plan and pray about the year and see what God's leading us to for that year. Normally, January, February of each year. And we fly south. And we fly south. (laughs) Out of Chicago, out of Nashville, we go way south where it's like 70 degrees and sunny. (laughs) Anyway, so early 2017, we did that and we left. And 2016 had been a really, really difficult year for me. A lot of just strenuous work and just really drained me in a lot of ways. So we take the sabbatical, and after the sabbatical month is over, I just felt like just as drained as when we started it, which I know that anybody listening to this is just like, that's just insane. You would take an entire month off. But I was just that kind of drained, that overworked or whatever. Well, normally he's chomping at the bit to get back to work. He's like, I have so many ideas. I just can't wait to, you know, Yeah, normally two weeks into the sabbatical, I I just can't wait for it to be over because I want to get back to work. (laughs) And this one, I just didn't feel like that. So I prayed and I'm like, well, maybe I'll take another week off. We'll continue another week. And I did that. And then somewhere in all this, I had a conversation with Linda and I told her that I kind of feel like the Lord is asking me to take the whole year off. And, you know, again, like this is the awesome woman that I, the Lord has landed <laughs> me with. You know, she wasn't freaked out. Like, yeah, tell them what you were thinking about that. Well, yeah. So we're driving home. We drove. From Nashville to Phoenix. <laughs> that was our Phoenix, Arizona. It was a long... It's further than it looks on a map. Yeah. It's a good, <laughs> I don't know, 30-something hour drive. Yeah, long time. We're driving home, and he tells this to me. He's like, I don't feel like I'm done yet. 
He's like, I think I just might take a little bit of extra time. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, cause you know, it's great for me. Like we had one child at the time and I was like, yeah, play with him some extra. I'll get some extra time to myself, you know. But as he's telling me this, he's reminded of our pastor in St. Louis when we lived there who had taken a year off. Before he started the church. Yeah, before he started the church. Yeah. And a year long sabbatical. Yeah. He took a year long sabbatical. So he says this and immediately I feel he's going to take a year off. This is like what I kind of feel in my heart. He's going to take the year off. And so, um, but I don't say anything because he needs to come to that conclusion by himself. You know what I mean? And so what was it so like God two weeks later? So God was just later? really gracious to me to give me that heads yeah, up. Yeah, he gave you a heads up on it. So and yeah, like so, two yeah, weeks later, a couple later, of weeks back, later, right? he comes home and he, he's like, I really think that I'm supposed to take the year off. And I was like, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, that really was God's grace on the whole thing because that is something that could totally freak me out, you know? Yeah. Well, a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Understandably. All right. So, but, moving to the next part of all this, at that point, we just started moving into the year off thing. So, I want to back up just a little bit because this is, good, by this the way. is great. So it's easy for us to come. I got a feeling he might be getting some ideas. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. I, yeah, so the I Lord, the Lord ain't like said it to me yet. Maybe nah. a month. <laughs> so, but I want to come back to that though, because it's easy for us to comprehend how, because we know you guys a little bit. But yeah. for the person that's got their earbuds in right now, one, they want to know how did you set your life up to even take a month off every single year. And then two, how did you position yourself to take a year off? We need to start doing that. Tell us how you were able to set your life up to do either one of those, because that is not normal for most people. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, I used to work in a job where it was hard to get a day off. You know, I can relate. I am familiar with that. And I know how, you know, there are people who just to have a Sunday off, you know, like that would be a world changing thing. And I highly recommend it. Like, I feel like God just has taught me so much about rest and what it means, like what Sabbath truly means. And it's not a legalistic thing. It's it's an opportunity and invitation that we have, you know. So uh, in terms of setting things up, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. I run an online business, you know, similar to you guys. You know, I'm a content creator. And I think there's a freedom and a flexibility that comes with that. But as well, you know, you guys know this as well as I do, that it's really easy when you're your own boss to honestly be more constricted and more tied to your business than as an employee. And so while I have the opportunity to say I can take off any time, the reality is, is that work never ends and my brain never stops working. It's just always thinking about work in some capacity. And so anyway, but when I began building the business, I kind of framed it through that lens. Like, how can I build a business that doesn't run my life? And I just kind of asked that question when I was growing the business and even still now, where And what it did by asking that question, it, it allowed me to say no to certain opportunities that might have been really lucrative, might have been great opportunities, but that didn't pass that filter. You know what I mean? And so ultimately, it's it's led me to leave a good amount of money on the table in terms of passing up opportunities, but to be able to set the business up in a way where where I have the flexibility to do that, you know, that was really important to me. So just speaking practically kind of along these lines... I have an assistant who helps out, and that was how we did the first month. Honestly, the first time I took a week off from the business, I was freaked out. I was terrified. I thought the whole thing was going to come crashing down, and I would go back, and Google wasn't sending me any traffic, and no one was coming to my site anymore. And that was like the biggest step of faith, was taking an entire week off, not checking email, not looking at anything. 
and doing that for an entire week. But that set the stage for being able to do a month, you know, and after I did a week, then I tried a month. And again, I was terrified and, but nothing bad happened. He was happy and also a little bit sad that nothing bad happened. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I don't really need me. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, there's a lot of things that seem urgent that just aren't really that urgent. You know, so I I did things like I set an autoresponder on my email account and said, I'm gone for a month. And side note, if you use the word sabbatical, people have more of a respect for it. Randomly, I noticed that. If you say, I'm taking a month off, adios, people might get annoyed. But if you say it's a sabbatical leave, they respect it a little more. But anyway, I threw an autoresponder on, said, I'm gone for the month. If it's urgent, you can email me at this urgent email address and it'll go to my assistant. And if it's not, you can email me again after the month. And anyway, I just found that there's so many things that we as business owners think are really urgent that actually aren't that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, for the person that's listening that is an employee, two-part question for you. One, on your own personal journey, how did you set yourself up to become a full-time entrepreneur from employee? And for those that are employees... What would be your advice to them on how to incorporate? Because you said God taught you a lot about rest and the importance of it. What would be your advice to them on how they can do that if they don't have their own business? Uh, Okay, so working backwards, I think as an employee, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen this too, but I just noticed so many areas of our walk with God where God wants to see how we handle the thing that we've been given. You know, I mean, it's just straight out of the parable of the talents. Like he's given us something and how are we going to handle it? How are we going to treat our possessions? Are we going to honor what has been given to us and and respect it? Or are we going to treat it as common and treat it as a piece of junk and then ask for something better? You know, and in terms of like the Sabbath, I think one of the simplest things is just committing to taking a Sabbath each week. If that's Saturday or Sunday for you, depending on where you fall in that debate, I think it just doesn't matter. But just committing to that. And again, I don't think it should be out of a religious obligation You know, I have a past where I came out of a a church with some religious obligations, but I don't think it should be that. I think it should be, I'm going to trust you, God, that if I choose not to work today, if I choose not to, whatever, check business email on this day, that you're going to take care of it. And not only that, that it's actually going to work out better for my benefit. And as an employee, I think I didn't do that when I was an employee, but now knowing what I've known and learned, like that's how I would approach it. And I think that's just a great stepping stone to kind of move into, you know, what God has for you, what that next step is. Yeah. And I would also add to that. I mean, there are people who it's like they have to work seven days a week. Like that's the position that they're in. They're fighting for their finances. And I still think that just taking a set amount of time, anything that you have one evening or, you know, a few hours here or there and just setting it aside for rest we read an amazing book about this yeah, and it's called the rest of God. And it talks about the Sabbath, but it's not in a religious way. Like I always heard, you know, about taking the Sabbath and it was like, well, you, you know, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And it's actually not about that. It's really about putting your trust in God that some of these things that you feel like you have got to get done will get done at another time. So, that book is really amazing and I think really changed our perspective on the whole idea of resting in God, taking a Sabbath, and yeah, just letting Him take care of the things that we think are our responsibility. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like there are some people that have to work seven days a week and I still think that there is 
availability for that. It might yeah. be hard to find, but it, it's definitely available. Yeah, for sure. To the first question. Yeah. In terms of starting a business, um, what I did was I just started doing something. I mean, I had, I was kind of paralyzed. I, I had wanted to start a business for probably four or five years before I ever did. And people would ask me, well, what kind of business do you want to start? I'm like, I don't know. I just want to start a business. Like, I, I don't care what it is. I just want to be involved in a business. And I was just paralyzed by fear in a variety of ways and didn't know how to get started. And I finally just started doing something I was interested in. And I was reading about, you know, I was learning about money. I was kind of at the beginning of my journey of paying off my debt. And I was reading a lot of Proverbs. And I'm like, wait a minute, the Bible actually talks about money. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. I had no idea. And so I was just fascinated by this. I'm like, I'll just start writing about it on the internet. You know, I had no idea what was going to come of it. I really had no idea that it ever would have turned into a full-time income. But the point is, is I, I took what I had and I started serving with it. And I think that is just a great starting place for anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur. Find a way to serve. Find a way to take some of the gifts that mm -hmm. God's given you and help someone else with them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So good. Just so anybody out there is probably saying, well, Linda, were you working outside of the home? Like, just clear that up. When Bob decided to take this one year off of this one year sabbatical, how did they look? I was not working outside the home. <laughs> now, Linda's been... Um, Retired um, for what four or five years? Since 2010, I think. Oh wow, longer than that! Wow, crazy. <laughs> so yeah, so she's been at home with our kids, yeah, as long as they've been around, and a couple years before. So it was a pretty big faith test that God brought us on. Definitely, but I also think that it speaks volumes as well too of your hard work that you also that you both put in prior to the sabbatical that you were sort of able to put this business on autopilot and still reap the benefits or the rewards from it. I think that's something to say about that as well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm curious, Linda, because I'm smart enough to know that Bob can't do this stuff if the household isn't being ran well, right. if the children aren't being taken care of. You know, Even I'm, on, I'm only I'm only like smart enough to know that because I know how hard my wife yeah. works. And I think that that goes oh, you, I think that that goes unheralded way yeah. too often. We look at the visionary and the vision yeah. caster. And we don't look at what it takes to allow the visionary to execute on vision, because, number one, you have to take a personal journey from like you all mentioned earlier, you were spending 150 percent of your income to dropping down to maybe 10 percent. That's no small feat, mm -hmm. number one. And then number two, after you became a wife, now you're a mother and you all adjusted your lifestyle down, 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 down. All of these are adjustments mm -hmm. for you personally. Talk about. Your ability to hold the fort down, for lack of a better term, and set your household up in such a way that you all can take these risks because these were risks. We can see what happened at the end. But in the moments where you all were making these mm -hmm. decisions and choices, this was risky. Right. So talk to us about, you know, all that went into that. I'm trying to put it into words. I have really come to terms with my personality type. Okay. So. Bob is really the self-starter, go-getter, like he can run this business and it's he loves it and it's exciting for him. Whereas I feel like if I had to run a business, I would get bored and I would give up really easily. <laughs> However, I am a great supporter. So I think that's the first thing is yeah. realizing my strengths and weaknesses and that just because I'm not the type of person who would start my own business... Actually, I did. I had like a little blog for a while and Bob basically did all of the work. Like I 
almost did nothing. <laughs> like I like wrote my post and that's it. And then I'm like, I don't know how to pose. I don't know how to put this up. I don't know how to change this. I don't. He did all of it. So which quickly fizzled out. I just didn't have what it took to run it. Or maybe I just didn't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's part of it. Once I realized that I'm such a good supporter, I kind of really got into that. And in my head, like on the days that are tough, taking care of the kids or doing whatever, I think it is my job to support him, you know? So that's where I just figured out how God made me and how I can contribute the best that is possible. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. And she's fantastic. Like I thank God all the time for this. And and I do think there, there's an education as you get married of understanding your own strengths and weaknesses, the way God designed you, you know, and I think in most cases, God puts us with somebody who has corresponding strengths for our weaknesses and vice versa. The goal or the, the challenge a lot of us face is that we fight against that. And we see this person isn't as strong as me in this area. But in the reality, like, we fit together like a puzzle, we approach it right. And that's just been really helpful for us in a lot of ways. So talk about the process as month six came month seven, month eight, Month nine, how was that? Were you itching to hurry up and get back? Or was the Lord also downloading like visions and different things that you had to do once you got back to work? And then also talk about the rewards after the year was up. What did you learn from that sabbatical? All right. So I think it was probably month six, seven, eight, somewhere in there where I I was a little bit less freaked out. I mean, you know, like... <laughs> It's just like, it's like a faith journey, anything else where I knew God had called me to do this. I didn't come up with this myself. I knew he was going to pull me through it. But when you're, you know, you get your eyes off of the Lord and you start looking at the mountain, you know, it's easy to get in fear once in a while. And, And so I was fighting that multiple times early on. But once we got to the six or seven month point, I started to realize, I think we're going to make it. Like, I think we're going to make it through this. And I started to see some evidence that I think we're going to make it through. And I don't know. It was it was just really exciting. But to your other question, like I had people ask me all year long, like, so what has God said to you? Like, you know, because everybody assumes if God's calling you to take a whole year off, like it's going to be like, you know, burning bush, like (laughs) big stuff from God. And and it was like kind of the opposite. Almost the entire year, I just felt like I'm waiting, God, like talk to me, give me something. And I just felt like I'm just like just sitting there waiting for some kind of big revelation. And I think it was like the last week. Yeah, right? literally the last week of the year, I felt like God kind of gave me some specific direction for 2018 that kind of carries through this year a little bit. And in most of what he did in that year was really minor heart surgery. You know, I didn't have any major sin. I didn't have any major things that, that needed to be tweaked, but I felt like he made like a whole bunch of little heart tweaks in areas of you know, like maybe just do this just a little bit different or maybe do this instead of doing this stuff that like most people would think is completely insignificant. But, you know, as we all know, you know, if you are off one degree, but you continue that off for 20 years, it's like you're way, way off in left field, you know, versus hitting your target. So that was a lot of the stuff that happened throughout that year. Now, I am still expecting more and more to happen like this whole thing was based off of Leviticus 25 um, and the whole Sabbath kind of idea that God lays out in Leviticus. And that was kind of how he dropped this on my heart and going through that passage. But the gist of it is, you know, he says, or the Israelites are asking him, how are we going to eat in this seventh year when we take it off? 
if we're not planting and harvesting anything. And, and God says, well, in the sixth year, I'm going to provide you enough that's going to cover you through the seventh year and the eighth year. And, you know, not coincidentally, like our year before that was our biggest year ever. And we were able to fill up our savings accounts a little bit. And that is part of what kind of sustained us through that year. So it's just hilarious that God kind of, you know, led me down a similar path with that. But we are still kind of, I think we're going to see the benefits from this for years to come. And we have seen a lot like internally, you know, like I said, in our hearts. And, you know, we, this is kind of a random, another thing that happened that wasn't a coincidence, but literally, uh, what was it? Maybe five or six weeks after I decided I'm going to do this sabbatical, we got a call from the adoption agency saying that they had a opportunity, adoption opportunity available for us. And with no notice, our daughter had been born the previous day. And so basically, we just had our daughter dropped in our lap just a few weeks after I agreed to this. And we weren't expecting that at all. That was something we were expecting six, nine months down the road. Mm-hmm. And the timing was just great, you know. So I got to spend a lot of time with our new daughter and our three-year-old boy. And it was just an amazing year. Yeah. Wow. I was about to say that I'm sure that the relationship, the marriage, and even with your children had to have been enhanced in some way of taking off a year. It was so good that we got to spend so much time together, and I'll cherish it forever. That's amazing. All right, so everybody, go quit your jobs. <laughs> That's exactly what we are telling you to do. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm just kidding. But at the at the core, guys, guys, make sure you go to work tomorrow, okay? <laughs> seriously. But I think at the core of your story is it. amazing. It's giving and rest, okay? And obedience. And obedience. Faith. Think, uh, yeah, faith is always, you know, that's always huge. But obedience sometimes can be so difficult because we put our own reasoning. We analyze. We our, right, we put our own mind to it, you know, and instead of allowing God to actually direct our paths as long as we acknowledge him in all our ways. But sometimes we still try to, like, put our own self in it. So that was huge obedience. You know, it was almost like there was a test. And, and I'm sure that you both, your entire family, you all are going to reap from years to come because of this one obedience. I love it. Your platform. It was a test. Your platform is huge. It's not some little blog on the on the interwebs. Yep. It's a major major source for a lot of people to get help with personal finance. In my mind, this is akin to Abraham offer, offering up Isaac. I was just thinking. You know, this thing. is the promise. This was a test. This is the promise. This was a test. And for he sure. said to go up the mountain. And sacrifice your son. And yep. you did that by offering, you know, saying, Maybe. okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you seedtime.com. And I believe your children are going to reap. Y'all, we can keep going on and on. This can turn into being. We're going to take a text in a minute. I believe that your children, because of your yes and because of your obedience, you don't even know the half yeah. of what your children is going to benefit from even when they get older. Yeah. Because of this one Amen. year. Yeah. Now, I'm curious. I want to put a little bit of practicality and application to I want to go back to your giving by age. Is this all going towards your local church? Do you give it to some charities? Like, how do you decide how to distribute this age leveled giving? So in general, it's not all going to local church. We give 10 percent to our local church. And then beyond that, it's going to a lot of different charities. I think there's about 15 different charities that we support on a regular basis, like a monthly contribution. And then because we're self-employed business owners, you know, our income changes. You know, we don't really know until the end of the year what we actually, you know, fully made with taxes and everything like, you know, business expenses all just kind of being balanced out. So we'll kind of like clean things up and get everything figured out at the end of the year, see if we're over, under, and then make adjustments from there. And 
And that's always exciting when we get to kind of the end of the year and it's like, oh, great. You know, we we actually get to give a big chunk more. And so occasionally, you know, in December, we'll be able to give a big chunk to some organization that we want to support. But but yeah, like 10 percent to our church and then beyond that, sometimes it's different offerings at church and stuff. But Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different organizations. Or if we feel led to give to an individual or, you know, a GoFundMe page or anything like that. There's been some individual stuff where, yeah, it's like God just put something on our heart and it's like, great. Any particular way that you all decide on the charities? What's your vetting process? Because there's lots of people with charities and Mm -hmm. they're not all great. So is it just um, I really enjoy this ministry? Let me give to this ministry or I really believe in this cause. Let me give to this cause. Like, how did you all figure those out? I mean, I think that's hard because there are so many charities out there. There are so many needs. And I think we're not all called to support everything. (laughs) So I think just being okay with that and kind of coming to terms with that, but also I think it was Andy Stanley maybe who said, do for one what you wish you could do for all. And so we've kind of taken a little bit of that approach, things that we really just our heart connects to, or there's been some ministries where it's like, we've really gotten a lot out of what they have done Yeah, that we've chosen to give to them. Yeah. So that's been a big part of it is for me personally, I really like giving to organizations that are helping win the lost in one way or another, whether that's directly or indirectly. I would like our money to be involved in soul winning to some extent. You know, Proverbs says he who wins souls is wise. And, you know, if I can't be out whatever, 24 hours a day evangelizing, I would like some of my money to be doing that for me. You know what I mean? And so that's a big part of it. And now, it's not to say that there aren't some organizations where it's extremely indirect and some are really, I'm trying to think, some of them just aren't evangelizing at all. And I, anyway, in general, that's what I prefer. You know, if there's some of um, the gospel is being preached through what we're giving, but in terms of other stuff, like some of it's just, you know, what is God leading us to and what are we feeling in our heart? And I would like for you all to speak to the listener because your whole Everything that you all do is based on, like you said, seed, time, and harvest. And you all make the bold decision to give according to your age. That's not easy. I mean, the research shows that most people aren't even given the 10%, right? Mm-hmm. So what can you attribute as some direct things that you have harvested as a result of these seeds? And then tell the person that's listening, maybe they can't do 37%. Maybe they have 37, but they can't do 37%. Speak to them and tell them what they could do. You know, I do think each person should give, you know, I was it second Corinthians, maybe something where it says each person should give as he you know, purposes in his own heart. And I, I do think God is a different thing for all of us. But I think that we all should be continually stretching in our giving and stretching that faith muscle and based on what you were talking about before about kind of the faith and obedience aspect, I think it's Hebrews. It says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that's always been one of those verses that it's like, really? Like without faith, it's impossible to please God, you know? And I don't know. That's one that I just always hang on to, you know, because the inverse is that is with faith, we please God. So I'm looking for opportunities to obey. And, and I, I like this adventure of walking with God where like, what's next? What crazy thing are you going to ask me to do next that I get to do, that I get to try? And giving is one of those things that we all have available to us. We all can give in faith and we all can, you know, stretch our giving regardless of what we're currently doing. 
And we get to see what God's going to do, you know, and it's not necessarily, you know, you're going to give something today and you're going to have a check in the mail tomorrow. And it's like sometimes that happens and it's awesome when it does. And sometimes it doesn't. But the end of the day, like God's word is true and something is going to happen as a result of that. And, you know, the word says that if we give, it'll be given unto us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And so, yeah, I just believe that as believers continue to give and continue to stretch in that area that good things are around the corner for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, I'm stirred up. This is great. <laughs> we're happy that you all were able to step out on faith and God answered. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says, especially specifically talking about the tithe and Malachi, he said, this is the only time. It's the only time he said, test me in this. Mm-hmm. And you all did that. You guys are super inspiring. I think that everybody, self-included, is challenged yeah. by the faith that you all walked out on. And to be able to just see, you know, like I said, we know you guys a little bit. We know kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, how the story ended or at least how this chapter ended. And you guys are standing firm and, and even better than when you all started as a result of this. So thank you guys so much for being willing to be transparent and, and share your journey with us today. Yeah. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Yeah, and I love what you guys are doing. I, I'm so excited about your ministry, and I just pray God's blessings on everything you guys are doing. Absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, definitely let us know. Reach out on the website, ctime.com. Say hi. Find us over on Instagram or Twitter or anywhere else. And definitely be sure to check out the His and Her Money podcast. They're doing some great stuff over there as well. So hope you have an awesome rest of your day and I'll see you next time.